April. That time of year when frogs whisper sweet nothings to warm evenings, when woodpeckers tell their secrets to the hollow trunk of a tree, and when moss that carpets the forest floor dances in the speckled sunlight. Welcome to the Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark. Have you taped the faucet sprayer on yet? Exchanged the sugar with salt? In addition to listening for new bird songs and looking for the first buds to burst, this is the time of year to be on your toes. There are many theories about when April Fool's Day actually began. Some historians point to the late 1500s when France made the switch from the Julian calendar to the Gregorian calendar. They couldn't just blast out the news to everyone all at once, emergency alert style, so those who received the news a little late continued to celebrate the beginning of the year around the spring equinox, close to April 1st, per the Julian calendar. These people who were slow to get the news were often made fun of and marked as fools. But unlike human beings, which have a notably large range of foolish behavior seemingly without consequence, truly foolish behavior rarely exists beyond one generation in other species. So for today's episode, we'll explore some of the amazing adaptations that illustrate that there are no fools in nature. You might think the heaps of porcupine scat at the base of their dens, the bare legs of freezing ocean-paddling ducks, or the deciduous nature of a northern tree like poplar to be foolish, but there is a reason for every adaptation in nature. Let's start with porcupines. Of course, we all know that the growth of sharp quills on a porcupine is a fantastic defense adaptation of this species, but porcupines aren't one-trick ponies. You may have noticed big piles of their oblong scat pellets spilling out underneath a rock or tree hollow that serve as their winter dens. Porcupines stay active in the winter, climbing trees to eat their winter diet of tree bark. But they do need to sleep some of the time, as do we all. While it may seem unappealing, even foolish, to sleep atop a pile of your own waste, the slow decomposition of their own scat gives off a bit of extra heat to keep them just a bit warmer. How different is that than using a methane digester? And speaking of staying warm in winter... Do you ever shiver watching a duck paddle along through freezing cold ocean waters or worry about your dog's bare paws in the snow? It might seem like a grueling, if not foolish, way to exist, but they are much better adapted to keeping their extremities warm than we are thanks to countercurrent heat exchange. The arteries that pump blood away from the heart and the veins that pump blood back to the heart are situated right next to each other in bird feet and legs, dog paws, and even moose legs. That means that the warm blood going out to the feet travels right alongside the colder blood coming up from the feet back to the core. This contact between hot and cold reduces heat loss because it makes the temperature gradient between the feet and the outside world less extreme. The blood in the extremities stays a little warmer, and the blood returning to the core isn't quite as cold and energy-intensive to warm back up. Pretty slick. Warm sunshine is a real luxury during the coldest months. So once we hit the spring equinox, when we pivot to then having more daylight hours than dark hours, the urge to get outside and soak up the sun is strong for many species. Snakes and turtles emerge from their winter hibernacula and start basking in the sun soon. But the poplar trees that exist at the northernmost latitudes still haven't pushed out their spring leaves to allow photosynthesis to kick into high gear. With the possibility of heavy snow and freezing temperatures still very real in much of their range, 
it would be foolish to push out those delicate leaves too early. So instead, they have chlorophyll in their bark, too, allowing them to photosynthesize even during the leafless months. So this April Fool's Day, you could head outside to observe the endless amazing adaptations of your local species that illustrate that there are no fools in nature. And don't even think that you could pull off the best prank ever. The biggest prankster out there is surely Mother Nature. Another theory about the origins of April Fool's Day has to do with the predictably unpredictable weather that comes this time of year. Just when you feel proud of your plastic wrap over the toilet seat, think of the snow, mud, blowing rains, or potholes that inevitably take us by surprise with this particular change of season. You can download this episode and find a link to the transcript, references, contact information, photos, and information about how to subscribe to the show as a podcast by visiting archives.weru.org. Reach out to suggest a topic for us to cover in a future episode. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phonology. Phonology.